The Big Ten Wrestling Championships are finally here, and Penn State's looking to redeem itself after finishing second a year ago. How many individual champions can they crown? Five, six, seven, eight, nine? It's definitely possible. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. And for another live episode, I am joined by the voice of Penn State Wrestling himself, the expert, Jeff Ironhead Byers, who is going to be out at the Big Ten championships for 2023 calling the action from penn state's perspective the entire tournament from start to finish and then on way to the ncaa's but in order to get to the ncaa's we got to go through the big 10 and the big 10's one of the best it it is the best when it comes to wrestling here so jeff it's a privilege to talk some wrestling with you tonight yeah this is definitely the fun time of the year and i think you know this year's team as we've been talking about all season uh, I mean, this is where it'll show, but I think this is a team that even in the Kale Sanderson era is going to be able to distinguish itself as uh, something really special. This is just a team that has the potential uh, to do some unprecedented things here at Penn State. Yeah, I mean, the potential for just because of how many guys are, are top seeded guys who have been in the top 25, top 10, even for a majority of the season. And now it comes down to this. So we're going to go through every single weight, 125, all the way to the heavyweight, 285 finishing, starting with Gary Steen and that weight class to Greg Kirkbleet and that final weight class uh, to kind of settle it all here. But the reason I say the potential for nine is because that's just how good, and, and Iowa even, they have a lot of top-ranked wrestlers as well in the single digits. So it's it's going to be a lot of Penn State versus Iowa, I think, in the championship. Nebraska, of course, Ohio State have some very competitive wrestlers, uh, Northwestern, Michigan. Uh, we're we're going to go through it all here, but we don't have uh, much time to waste here because we got a lot of Penn State wrestlers who could qualify for the NCAAs. Nine will. It's a matter of Gary Steen's kind of on the bubble in this case. So let's begin with 125, Jeff. We know that this is Spencer Lee's class to lose. I don't know that anyone is going to really challenge him. He might pin and tech fall his way here. But starting with Gary Steen, uh, what's his chance at qualifying for the NCAA since Spencer Lee is in this class? So I can't say that, well, Gary has an outside shot at winning or contending. It's just there are a lot of good guys at 125 here. Yeah, it really is a really deep weight class. I mean, Steen's the 11 seed, the top nine get the automatic bids, and he's going to have to be one of the nine. He's not going to get an at-large bid just because of the resume uh, that he put together during the regular season. So he's got to be you know, a, a guy that, uh, if he doesn't finish in the top eight, comes back and uh, wins uh, those extra bouts to get uh, into that number nine spot. 
I think it's a, a possibility. I mean, I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility. It will take Steen's best uh, both effort and performance of the season to be able to crack into the top nine. Um, you know, I, the, the question remains, can he be consistently competitive? I thought in, in two of his final four bouts of the season, we saw what uh, they've been looking for, they being the coaches, uh, all season, which is just the fight, the determination, the effort. Uh, and he got a, a couple of wins uh, in critical bouts, and he was close in, a, in another one against a good opponent. Um, but then, you know, he also got pinned uh, and did not look good in, in losing by technical fall. So, you know, for him, I think it, it really is taking the positive experiences, and, and he had some, a big win over Luan, who is – ranked uh, 24th or was ranked 24th at the time uh, that he beat him. So that's a, a good confidence builder and something that is nice to have in your hip pocket in terms of knowing what you are capable of doing uh, in the postseason. But for Gary, it really is just going to come down to taking advantage of every opportunity there and fighting for every point, not giving up uh, a takedown easily, not uh, getting ridden, uh, for you know, over a minute without getting to your feet and, and without putting uh, some pressure on the top guy uh, to try to create points from that top position. So uh, again, I think there's a path there for him, and it really is is up to him. I think he has the ability. I think it's been a confidence thing, and I think there have been some good things down the stretch in that regard that. Uh, would give you some reason for hope if you're a Penn State fan that he can, in fact, qualify for the national tournament. And the last time that Penn State did send 10 wrestlers to nationals, it was 2013, 2014 uh, when they did that. So he, he will yeah. need some upset victories, uh, but it's not out of it. We've, we've seen him battle. Uh, but let's move to 133 because this is one of the ones where the Nittany Lions have a top seed. And that, of course, is Roman Bravo Young in his final season. Good senior day send off. And now it's back to business uh, as everybody knows that he's the big dog in town. Uh, other contenders here, Jesse Mendez of Ohio State, uh, Lucas Bird of Illinois, Chris Cannon of Northwestern and Dylan Regusen of Michigan. So. Uh, is this a class, again, kind of like Spencer Lee at 125 for Roman Bravo Young? Is he the perennial favorite, really? There's no one who can challenge him at this point. I know there's some tough guys, but is it his to lose? Yeah, there are some really good kids. I, I The most impressive bout for me uh, from Roman this season was was the win over Jesse Mendez, the freshman for Ohio State, uh, because I've been really impressed with what Mendez has been doing this season. And Roman just completely dominated that that bout. I mean, he really uh, showed the difference here uh, in where those two are in their careers. I still think Mendez, the future is tremendous for him, and I think he's going to be on top of the podium uh, down the road for Ohio State. I, I just think he is a really impressive freshman. But he is a freshman, and Roman is finishing up a five-year career and has jumped levels each year and really just knows how to do everything extremely well at this point. Uh, his confidence is at an all-time high, and that's saying something because he's always been a confident kid. But it, it comes from a real understanding 
of what it is he needs to do, what his strengths are, how to cover his weaknesses, uh, which there are very few these days. And I just think, Roman, uh, it would take something spectacular uh, for somebody in the Big Ten to knock him off this weekend. I just think he is really dialed in and just has uh, this thing down to a, a science at this point in terms of what it is he needs to do in, in preparing and then executing a game plan. So that's one anticipated champion. Let's move to 141. But first, a word from our sponsor for today's episode, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download a FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is a bonus bets back if... Your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from your favorite NBA bets, point spread, money line, total, player props, player points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the two-by-three, two-three-pointer scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast in time for March Madness. And that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. The voice of Penn State Wrestling, Jeff Byers, is with me. Zach Seiko here on Locked On Nittany Lines. We're at 141. Bo Bartlett, not the top seed because Real Woods transferred in. Over at Iowa, he's the number one seed. We saw those two go head-to-head. It felt like Real Woods had control for most of the match. Bo Bartlett held his own, but you could still clearly see that there was some distance. Uh, could the championship come down to those two? And then is that the first time we are going to see a Hawkeye uh, take a crown here outside of Spencer Lee? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting opportunity for Bo Bartlett. I've been really impressed with the way Bartlett took that loss to Woods and has applied some lessons learned there. And I think he has become more offensive uh, in the last four or five weeks than he's been at any point in his career. And I think he really now has an understanding of what it is he needs to do to get on top of the podium. And and I think there's just kind of that realization that, oh, man, I this could be mine. I, I could do this. If I go out and keep the pressure on my opponent and, you know, dictate uh, the pace of the match. And um, I just think he has, he has really figured some things out in this last month of the season. And I think that potential matchup between he and Woods uh, is really intriguing. I, you know, you go back over the years here under Kale Sanderson, and we've seen a lot of wrestlers uh, for Penn State, reverse regular season uh, losses uh, in the postseason. We've certainly seen a ton where, you know, you have a kid losing the Big Ten tournament and then reverse it a couple of weeks later in the national tournament. I, I just, uh, I'm hoping that is the bout that we see in the finals. I, I'm expecting that that's the bout we'll see in the finals. And I'm really excited to see it. I think Real Woods, well, I don't think, I know he is a national title contender. 
Uh, he and Alira's, I think, are, are rightfully right now uh, one and two in the, in the country. But I think Bo Bartlett is is right there, and I think Bo Bartlett is as capable as either of those two of walking away with the national title. It's going to be who hits uh, a move here or there, uh, who keeps the pressure on for seven minutes in those meetings, uh, both at the Big Ten and the national tournament. And you know that is probably one of the bouts, uh, anticipated bouts, that I'm most excited to see and watch how it, it actually unfolds this coming weekend. And I like that Bo Bartlett, I know this was said preseason, but he's finally back at his natural weight class, uh, wrestled up at 149. And that probably honestly helped him. And now you've seen him in the top five consistently, and he's the number two seed here in the Big Ten. But that's because uh, Real Woods is the number one seed overall when it comes to uh, 141. So let's go to 149. And I honestly think this is one of the more exciting classes uh, that we have. Sammy Sass is the top seed. Austin Gomez is still around for Wisconsin. I mean, he's been... He's been the surprise, uh, Austin, Go- one of Austin Gomez just coming on as this top-end wrestler. And then you have Yaya Thomas of Northwestern. You have Max Murin of Iowa, who Shane Van Ness as the five seed has seen. So we expect Shane Van Ness to, of course, qualify for NCAAs. Uh, probably isn't at large here because 149 just a little bit deeper than most of these other classes. Yeah, this weight class it is loaded, and, and it's another one where I'm just excited to see what Shane Van Ness can do with the lessons learned here during the, the course of the season. Redshirt it, it is a really good uh, group of guys at the top, but I think Shane Van Ness is a really good wrestler. And you know, I think for Shane, the, the two keys here this postseason – are going to be against the top competition we're talking about here mm-hmm. is either avoid being on bottom or get off of the bottom. And that's easier said than done against guys like Sammy Sasso or Austin Gomez or even Max Murin. But, you know, that was if there was a weakness, and it's not an uncommon weakness uh, for freshmen in the collegiate scene against guys that know how to ride well. Uh, to, to be able to get out from underneath those rides. And then the other thing is to finish off the shots. He, he is in uh, and keeps the pressure on opponents extremely well for a freshman. And he has a, a great array of attacks from the neutral position. And he's been good at finishing. But against some of the top guys, he got in on some really good shots against Sasso. Couldn't finish. Uh, yeah. Got in on, on a couple of what would have been about turning uh, takedowns against Gomez, couldn't quite get them. Can he finish those off uh, when he gets the opportunities uh, this weekend? Same thing really with Max Murin. So, you know, I think Shane Van Ness is right there. I know he's the five seed, but I think, again, he's has a chance. And I think we keep waiting, uh, those of us around the program, for kind of that breakthrough win. If he can beat one of those national title contenders, those top three or four guys, uh, Sammy Sasso or an Austin Gomez. Uh, I think if he can get a win over one of those guys this weekend, that then look out because I think then you take that another leap of confidence. Now you know what you're capable of. And then I think, you know, the door truly is open to uh, a national title this season for Shane Van Ness. But I think it starts with really being dialed in, taking care of business and trying to avenge a few of the regular season losses. 
And as that five seed, he will have to go through the veteran Max Murin, uh, Sammy Sasso. Ultimately, as a five seed, you got to go through the four and then the one. Uh, The reason I raved about Austin Gomez is because I hope people don't forget that he upset Yanni Diakama Hollis (laughs) from from Cornell. And not to not at at the towards the beginning of the season, but still a a win's a win. And the fact that he's number two in the Big Ten just shows that those Sasso brothers, uh, they they can wrestle. They, they really can. 157 is intriguing, obviously, because Levi Haynes, true freshman, red shirt's gone. He, he's fully entrenched here. He's the number two seed. Uh, finally gets some respect, was outside of the rankings. Now, now he's up there, and he's the number two seed here in the Big Ten. Peyton Robb, of course, from Nebraska, gains uh, garners a lot of respect. Kendall Coleman's the three seed. Chase Saldate from Michigan State is the four seed. Kobe Seabrecht of Iowa is the five seed, who Haynes had beat in that head-to-head dual meet. Uh, and Will Le- Will Lewan is the sixth seed. So I just got done raving about the uh, 149 class, and here's the 157 following it up. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about 165 as well. <laughs> Those yeah. three weight classes are just wild uh, in terms of, of top-end talent. Levi Haynes, I, I, I will just tell you, and, and we'll see what happens here this postseason, but th- this is the next superstar for, for Penn State. And I yes, think he is. Yep. he is right there right now in terms of uh, being a guy that can win a national title this season. But he is a guy, as you start looking down the the road, that is going to be a bonus point machine for Penn State. He just has the right mentality, a tremendous skill set, obviously, but he is an eminently coachable kid and has a real understanding of the sport and just a, a tremendous natural feel there are some things out there that he just does that are instinctive and it just comes from um, a combination of natural ability and just wrestling so much that you have just an understanding and you can sense uh, when an opportunity is there or what somebody is trying to do against you and how to capitalize against it and um, you know I know Peyton Rob is the one seed and rightfully yeah. so I, in my mind going into this weekend I think Levi Haynes is the guy to beat. And I think when you look at some of the, uh, and it's not always a great thing to do in, in wrestling, uh, especially any sport probably, but uh, you know, the comparative scoring is, is not always uh, accurate in terms of what will happen in a head to head matchup. But uh, you know, at this point it's all we have to work with, with Haynes and Rob. And I think when you look at some of the comparative scoring, there is every reason to believe that Levi Haynes could very well walk away with the Big Ten title. If he does, he will earn it, though, because uh, make no mistake, from the quarterfinals in, uh, it is a meat grinder at the Big Ten tournament this weekend. Wow. As a true freshman, Jeff, who were some of the other true freshmen at Penn State that had come away with a Big Ten title? Because if we're talking in that same group, I I don't know that uh, did someone like David. So you're going to have to help me here with some Penn State wrestling history. But like a David Taylor, for example, did he win a Big Ten title as a true freshman? Who are some of the other names in recent history? Yeah, David Taylor and Ed Ruth are the only two in in Penn State history to win four uh, Big Ten titles uh, in their careers. Uh, Mark Hall um, won the NCAA title as a true freshman for mm-hmm. Penn State. Uh, and Aaron Brooks, I think, was uh, on his way to uh, at least contending 
uh, for a title his true freshman year, which was obviously interrupted because uh, yeah. there was a national tournament uh, due to COVID. And, you know, we'll never know for sure what would have happened that uh, that season. But, uh, you know, Aaron uh, did win a Big Ten title his his freshman season as well. So, you know, it it is something special, obviously, to to win a Big Ten title as a freshman period. Uh, but as a true freshman, uh, that is really special stuff. And there have not been that many in the, the history of the conference that have accomplished that uh, as a true freshman. And again, I think Levi has an excellent chance to, to do it this coming weekend. That's the that's why I wanted to bring it up, because he could be in the same breath as Aaron Brooks, a current teammate, Carter Storacci, who was immediately competitive early in his career. And then in that same breath, David Taylor, which is why uh, he's he's going after some serious history here. So uh, 165, uh, 149, 157. If that didn't drop your jaw, uh, 165 will. Uh, now, Alex Facundo is listed as the fourth seed, but. Dean Hamity uh, of Wisconsin's number one, Cam Amin of Michigan. Those Amin brothers just don't go anywhere. He's the number two seed. Patrick Kennedy of Iowa, a familiar foe, is at number three, who Facundo got the best of. I mean, this this is a, a loaded class as well, Jeff. Yeah, it, it is. And it's it's interesting because I do think you can make you can make a legitimate argument that Alex Facundo should be the one seed here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I think my guess is the pre-seeds will hold true and, and that we're not going to have any change, but I think there would be some worthwhile discussion at, at 165. At the end of the day, to be honest with you, objectively, I think they got it right. I, I think that the order of those top four, even though, again, I you could make a contention, uh, and I think it's a pretty strong one for any of those four guys to be the one seed and for any of those four to be the four seed. At the end of the day, somebody's got to be one, somebody's got to be four. I think Facundo is is fine where he's at. Again, no matter where you're seated there, you're going to have to knock off two of those other guys uh, in the top four. And, by the way, you're going to have to beat somebody else pretty good in the quarterfinals because five through eight uh, isn't too shabby in this conference no. at 165 either. So, uh, But for Facundo, you know, Kennedy to me is the one guy that just – has given him problems, you know, going back even yeah. in their high school matchup. And I think Alex is more than capable of beating him, but that's the one that you're like, okay, that's the one he's got to get over the, the hump with. Um, I think he matches up fine with Kennedy and with the, certainly with the mean who he beat uh, and Hamity, you know, they didn't wrestle during the regular season, but I, I like the matchup there for uh, Alex Facundo. But again, I, on any given day, any of those four, and there's probably at least a couple of others uh, at 165 that are, are capable, again, of knocking off any of those top four uh, on a given day. I just think that weight class is going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm really impressed with, uh, as I am, I mean, I'm going to say that a lot uh, with this Penn State lineup, but I really am impressed with the way Alex has dialed in on what it is he needs to work on to... Yep get to where he wants to be and, and make no mistake. He wants to be a national champion this season. And there's just been some little things in practice that just watching him uh, it, it's impressive to, to see the focus that he has and the dedication that he has to improving on just a couple of little things that he knows can make a big difference here in the postseason. And uh, again, there's, 
not a lot of uh, margin here, uh, you know, and, and we could see Alex Facundo finish first and Dean Hammity fourth at the Big Ten tournament, and it could be just the they opposite around. of the NCAA tournament, or, you know, Facundo could get knocked off and have to come back and finish fifth year, and I'd still tell you that he's going to be right there and, and a contender for the national title in a couple of weeks. I, I just think that weight class, both in the Big Ten and nationally, is to me going to be as fun as as any weight class out there to watch and see what happens. On to one seventy four, uh, and and Alex Facundo, may I remind everyone, is a redshirt freshman. Uh, Carter Storacci's at one seventy four. This is kind of another case of it, it's his bracket to lose. Uh, he he's obviously a returning champion from last year for Big Ten and, and for nationals. Uh, Carter Storacci is probably he's honestly one of the best wrestlers at 174 in the entire planet, may I add. Uh, and he he really now 174 is still a, a very respectable class. But uh, this I think we're going to get a championship here where it's Mikey uh, Labriola against Carter Storacci at the end of the day. Yeah. And Carter was kind of tinkering with some things. And I think the coaches, he didn't win a couple of matches, I think by as wide a margin as what maybe some were expecting, but I, I can just tell you that he and the coaches were really happy with what he was able to accomplish in those bouts. Sometimes uh, at this stage of a, of a career that, you know, is in uh, progress and, and has the potential to go down as, as one of the best, arguably the best in Penn state history, uh, it's about challenging yourself and trying to find uh, some different ways to tweak your game. And, and without getting into details, there's just there were a lot of little things that they wanted Carter to just work on and not focus necessarily so much on, on the result. Uh, and it's not that the results were bad, but I, I just think uh, I think you're going to see him further widen that gap in the postseason. Uh, he just has that uh, that eye of the tiger when we yeah. get to this time of the year and you can see it. Uh, his excitement level just raises up another notch or two. Uh, I do think Mikey Labriola is a phenomenal wrestler. And mm -hmm. I think both he and Mikai Lewis at, at Virginia Tech are uh, elite wrestlers at, at that weight class. I just think Carter is so locked in right now on what it is he needs to do and exactly how uh, he needs to manage matches. And when he needs to ride I, there, I don't think there's anybody Spencer Lee included uh, that is better at keeping an opponent on the mat when the match is on the line uh, than, than Carter Storacci. He just has a, uh, a will uh, to do that if if it's needed in that third period and uh, again I those top three guys there to me are, are all outstanding I it's just going to take something really really special to beat Carter this postseason and then Ed, and what is going to be our final segment as we're here with the three final weight classes of 184 197 and the heavyweight 184 someone's out for revenge because they didn't win a big 10 title last year they lost to miles amin and that is aaron brooks at 184 who is undefeated in conference wrestling of course uh 
He dominated Caleb Romero of Ohio State, who's the second seed. He could see Isaiah Salazar. I'm, I'm fully expecting it to be a rematch of Brooks and Romero, uh, but Salazar's the number three seed. Matt Feinsilver is at not the number four seed, who's replacing Amin, who moved on from Michigan. Abe Asad from Iowa, I think, could be a dark horse uh, who could face my. Uh, excuse me, Aaron Brooks in that uh, semifinal in order to get to the championship. And then I like the, he's the number seven seed, but because I got to watch him at the high school level, Lenny Pinto out of Nebraska, yeah. who's a freshman and he he's really good. Somebody that could come from that bottom side of the bracket. So uh, 184, I, I don't think as high powered as some of the other classes, but definitely uh, one of the more quality rest of weight classes for this big 10 tournament. It is for sure, and and Aaron is the class of the the weight, and I think yep. Aaron is, is going to come away with another Big Ten title. Uh, you know, there's been uh, a few different things in play, and he's had to work through some things here uh, during the course of the season. And I, he's another one though that just is is a gamer. When you know you need a win from Aaron Brooks, uh, it's hard to to remember a time that he didn't deliver when, when the team just absolutely needed it. And I think he's, he's a guy too, that just relishes the opportunities here when the postseason rolls around. And yeah, I think he's, he's a guy that just loves to compete, uh, loves to be out there and putting on a show. And I think he's going to be the guy to beat both at big tens and at NCAAs again this season. Yeah, and there's one of the ones where it flipped, where Aaron Brooks had won uh, the NCAA title after losing the Big Ten title to Miles and Mean. So, and I know what's more important—you want to win both. But sure. uh, if you had, if you had to collect one, uh, Aaron Brooks took the national title, and I think, yeah, I don't think there's uh, any question here that he gets the revenge. That it, that he's just on a mission to rack up the accolades here. I know he doesn't see it as revenge, but in this case, it is because it did cost. Penn State partially a, a title a year yep. ago because they didn't win the team title in the Big Ten. Michigan did, and that was one of those bouts that would have flipped it uh, in Penn State's favor. I, I know they're not thinking that way. There's more that could have been done. He's not. He sure. doesn't carry the whole team, but that was one of the ones where it came down to the wire, and it's like, oh, man, that was a, a missed opportunity. But I fully, fully anticipate that he's going to get gold here at the uh, Big Ten tournament. 197, Max Dean, who had a slow start to the beginning of the season and, and has now gone in an absolute tear. Uh, it's his It's his again. He won the Big Ten tournament last year at 197. He's the number one seed again. Silas Allred is the number two seed for Nebraska. Zach Braunagel of Illinois is the third seed. Cam Caffey, who had Max Dean's number last year, and now Max Dean has uh, figured that out when he faces Caffey. He's beaten him since. And uh, Jacob Warner of Iowa, who uh, Max Dean obviously manhandles every time they face each other here. So uh, is this another case where it feels like this is a guaranteed spot for a Nittany Lion champion? Yeah, I don't think it's guaranteed because I do think, again, that the top end, that those top five that you mentioned are all really good wrestlers. And, you know, Max Dean showed with that one weekend that he is he is definitely human and uh is you know a little bit vulnerable but uh i also think max dean is is just one of these guys that uh loves to compete loves the opportunity here obviously knows this will be his last go around and and wants mm -hmm. to go out uh, on top but i think 
even more than that, he just wants to to make sure he is enjoying the process. And you know, he is a, another one that you just you can see the kind of twinkle in his eye when he walks in the practice room uh, right now at this stage of the season. He there's just uh, a, a little different edge to him, and I think he's well. I know he's excited about being able to close out his collegiate career on his mm-hmm. terms. And again, it, it is a really good weight class and there are uh, some dangerous uh, potential matchups there uh, for sure. And, and, you know, he has not faced all red and I think all red is just a, a different kind of uh, cat. And I think his future is very, very bright as well. I kind of put him in the same category as Jesse Mendez, where they're, they're really good right now, but I think they're, best days are going to be just around the corner here. Uh, Max Dean's best days are, are right now. And I think it's, yeah. uh, it's another way class. Uh, listen, that with as loaded as the big 10 is, I, I would never say never with any of these guys. I, you, you never know when somebody just is going to hit a big move and all of a sudden, you know, Roman Bravo young is down six, nothing. I'm not expecting it. Don't think it's going to happen. Don't go in uh, believing that that'll be the case. But it's wrestling and it's a sport where we see some crazy things occur. But going into this, yes, you feel really good if you're a Penn State fan with uh, Max Dean, the way he's wrestling, the control with which uh, he is wrestling his bouts right now. And he's another one that just kind of like Roman, he, he really knows what it is that he wants to do now, what works for him, and he just has that that feel for the sport and what will work in each particular match. And uh, again, I think from the certainly from the semifinals in, it'll be uh, two really difficult challenges for him, but it's, uh, it's hard to imagine that Max Dean won't be up to the task this weekend. We made it to the uh, final weight class, and of course, that is heavyweight 285. Greg Kurtfleet stands at number two, and honestly, one of these top three guys is going to win a national title as well. Uh, yeah. at number one, Mason Paris, because he got the best uh, of Kurtfleet, uh, but then Tony Cassiope is the third seed, and Kurtfleet got the best of him. Uh, so at this this three headed monster at the top between those guys, it's just and they interchange. One moment, it, it, once upon a time, it was Cassiope, it was Tony Cassiope. And then Greg Kurtfleet shoots in and then Mason Paris was kind of on the low end of the totem pole. And now he's at the top and it feels like there's a little bit of distance between those other two, but it is truly, uh, if those guys alternated and wrestled 10 times, you'd get an even split as close as you could down the middle. They would just kind of trade punches. uh, So, and one person could win the big 10 title. The other could win the national title. So I just think those three guys alone will make the heavyweight one of the more exciting classes in general. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I do think Greg Kirkfleet is on the verge of of being the guy that is is going to dominate the, the weight class. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we'll see this weekend just kind of how everything shakes out. I think if Greg goes out and you know dictates the, the pace, puts the pressure on his opponents, and is is the one taking the shots, he has just become so good on top right now. Um, you know, I give Mason Paris a lot of credit. I, I do think part of why Greg looked as off as he did, and that was Mason Paris's performance. But I do think, for whatever reason, Kirkfleet just did not seem to be on uh, in that match. He he looked uh, tired. I don't know, uh, you know, if 
he wasn't getting a good night's sleep the night before or you know maybe overtrained or just got overexcited ahead of time for that match but we've seen Greg Kirkfleet with a lot of energy left and a lot of fire in the third period and he just didn't seem to have it against Mason Paris in that particular uh, bout this season and and again I, Mason certainly deserves credit I think that is uh, rightfully where part of the the uh, blame for Kirkfleet's performance uh, would go but I think if Kirkfleet is on, uh, he is the guy to beat here at, at this weight. That being said, you're absolutely right. Mason Paris and T- Tony Cassiope has as big a heart as anybody in the sport. That that guy just yeah. lays it on the line every time out there. And Mason Paris is just a, a tremendous athlete. Uh, and and also, again, has gutted out, well, gutted out the win over Cassiope. I mean, he, he's another one that just knows how to dig down deep uh, when he needs to. So, uh, yeah, I think those three are all rightfully the, the top three guys, both in the Big Ten and in the uh, the national scene right now. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. One of those is uh, is going to win the Big Ten title, and one of them is going to win the NCAA title. Uh, and I, I just think if Greg Kirkfleet is on, if, if he wrestles the way he's wrestled most of the season, uh, that, you know, in my mind, he's he's the guy to beat. I just think with his – top game and his uh his ability to kind of will takedowns against his opponents he just has a wide variety of of attacks and is really good at at getting low uh, on opponents legs and that's not something you're you're used to seeing from heavyweights and certainly not from heavyweights that weigh over 250 pounds and you know greg is uh is just very special in that regard he's able to score uh, a bunch of points in a hurry because, again, he, he's not only good from that neutral position, but, uh, you know, he has racked up a ton of points uh, on top this season, has uh, more near-fall points than anybody on the team. And, again, that's not uh, necessarily something that's real common in heavyweights. Yeah, and someone who's missing from this bracket, and probably those three guys are saying it's about time because we get a chance because it was the battle for two second place between those three guys. Uh, Gable Stevenson is, is gone. He's out of, he's out of Minnesota. <laughs> he's uh, doing his own thing. Uh, and I, I bet those three guys are like, finally, <laughs> we get a chance to, to win gold because it was, it was Stevenson and uh, damn near everybody else. Yeah, no, he was really, really special these last couple of seasons. And obviously last year had uh, just an all-around year for the ages and and one of the most memorable runs, uh, both in the the freestyle circuit and winning Olympic gold and then obviously with the NCAA title as well. So, uh, Jeff, we're at the the final stretch of this and the team standings. I fully expect Penn State to not only win the Big Ten team title, but I also think they win convincingly. Iowa will be in second. Is it is it out of the realm to say that I, I like Nebraska as the third team? I know Ohio State is up there and Michigan should get some consideration as well. But I, I just look at these. I look at the seating breakdown, and I think that Nebraska is kind of one of those programs that is looking to turn the corner with the young crop of talent that they have. Yeah, I am. I, I do think Nebraska will finish third going in. That's that's my expectation. I, I am curious to see how some of their higher seeds perform. I, again, I, I think they have some really good wrestlers, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens when they're on the biggest stage. 
I'm not predicting any, any failures or anything, but you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to, to see how those guys respond. And um, you know, they're, they're not proven in, in several of those weights right now uh, in terms of what they can do in the, in the postseason. And I think that's, uh, you know, the only question right now, because they have been really, really good uh, throughout the, the regular season. And listen, I think this, the conference tournament and a lot of these teams at, at the NCAAs, uh, again, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, a, couple of situations here or there and it's going to be the difference between a guy getting to the finals or finishing third versus being seventh or eighth or even out in the blood round at ncaa's and you know i think nebraska has a handful of guys in that category where you're like listen i could see nebraska finishing third at the ncaa tournament uh as well or i could see them finishing seventh or eighth and i think you know, Northwestern has a team that I think could be really dangerous in a tournament, but they have some guys that have been a little inconsistent. When you look at a Yaya yeah. Thomas, you know, Thomas is obviously capable of doing some really big things uh, for them, but we've seen him also have not so hot tournaments and uh, or not so hot days uh, over the course of his career. So, you know, can I, with all of these guys and all of these teams, I mean, there's, Guys like that, where you just want to see, okay, when all the chips are on the table here, who who responds, and then after the results of this weekend, who can make the adjustments in just two weeks uh, to to get to the ultimate goal in the sport and get on the podium or uh, even stand on top of the podium in Tulsa here with the NCAA tournament. Jeff, we we covered a lot, and I want to recap it all for anybody that's joining us here at the end of the live episode. Just just briefly, though, we fully we anticipate that Penn State's going to get nine wrestlers. Gary Steen's got an uphill battle in terms of getting to nationals, and then as far as favorites to win their their respective weight class, Roman Bravo, Young Carter, Storacci, Aaron Brooks, Max Dean. If we can put them in that first tier, and then that second tier of it's just loaded competition. That would be. Uh, Bo Bartlett at 141, Shane Van Ness and uh, Levi Haynes as well, just because he's a true freshman. I think he should be the favorite, but he's a true freshman, so he's got to command that respect still. Uh, And Greg Kirkfleet. And then Alex Facunda, would would you put him in that second tier as well as if he really has a legitimate shot at getting gold here in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I I mean, obviously, as you said, the four one seeds, uh, you know, Roman Carter, Aaron, and Max, obviously – have a, a real chance, uh, obviously mm-hmm. the best to, chance, to right? Titles, but I and I think Ray Kirkfleet, uh, and uh, Levi Haynes, in my mind, I know they both go in as two seeds, and rightfully so. Again, I'm not mm-hmm. this isn't uh, uh, taking issue with the seeds. I, I'm just telling you, in my mind, watching these guys uh, compete and, and knowing uh, what they bring to the table, in my mind, going into this tournament, I think those two, uh, think that they're the favorites and that they're the guys to beat. And I think they are. And, and it's taking nothing away from Peyton Robb or Mason Paris or Tony Cassiope. I just, I think Greg Kirkfleet is that good. And I think Levi Haynes is that good. Uh, and I think Shane, uh, Bo Bartlett is, is another one that probably is under the radar a little bit uh, just because of that loss to real woods. I, I, I am just really excited by sometimes you, you see things click for guys in a different way at different points in the their scenes. careers, right? And we've seen that with 
you know, a lot of times we saw it with Levi Haynes this season. I think we've seen it with Alex Facundo here down the stretch. I mean, it happens sometimes for some of these guys in their freshman season, but we've seen it click at different times for different guys uh, at different points in their careers. And I'm just telling you, there's just a, there's a difference and I can't, you know, exactly define it or describe it, but I think Bo Bartlett has turned a corner. uh, And when I say turned a corner, I mean, into a guy that can legitimately win the national title, not a guy that can be close and competitive Mm -hmm. and be a top five guy. He's, he's been that consistently this year. I think he's turned the corner to where he is a real threat uh, to win the, the title. And I think we'll see that this weekend, if, you know, if real woods goes out and controls it, and even if it's a close match, you have that feel. If it's a four, one decision again, and real woods feels comfortable in that final minute of the third period, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, you can still make some adjustments, but I just think Bo Bartlett's going to wrestle a different uh, type of match if they meet uh, again at the Big Ten tournament. And then I think it'll be interesting to see how both sides, if they do meet again uh, with even more on the line in, in a couple of weeks, you know, how the strategy changes again. But I think, yeah, Kirkfleet and uh, Haynes, in my mind, join the four one seeds as wow. guys that can and and I almost think should win titles. I think Bo Bartlett has an excellent shot. I think Alex Facundo has an excellent shot. And I think if Shane Van Ness can get by Max Murin and just get that jolt of confidence uh, and finish off a takedown uh, against uh, Sasso early, that look out because I I think that guy is on the cusp here of being a, a legit national title contender as well. Six favorites, nine gentlemen with a legitimate chance at at finishing with gold in Michigan. I mean, that's how good this Penn State wrestling team is, Jeff. I think we we covered it all. I'm excited to do this when NCAAs roll around in a couple of weeks. You're out in Michigan for Saturday and Sunday. Everyone, if you want to listen to Jeff's call from the Penn State perspective, I know you do. You're going, you're starting at 940 a.m. Eastern time. On Saturday, you got the whole the two sessions on day one Saturday, and then the two sessions on day two Sunday, and then that uh, the last session is going to start with a four ten coverage time and go through all the way. So you got roughly how how many hours uh, do you think you'll be on the air uh, total for <laughs> for Saturday and Sunday? Uh, it'll be it'll probably be about twelve hours of, uh, of total coverage. It's it's a lot, but it's a, a whole lot of fun too. And there's uh, again, just uh, a lot of great wrestling. And, you know, we've seen over the years, we touched on it earlier, but, you know, how tough the Big Ten is, is, you know, you look at guys that have been, uh, you know, two, three-time NCAA champions that were only Big Ten champions uh, once or twice or sometimes never did get a Big Ten title. But, you know, at, at most, if not all of these weight classes, you have three or four national title contenders here coming from the Big Ten. And uh, again, it it is just going to make for uh, a lot of really exciting matches and and a lot of fun wrestling for fans to watch this weekend. So that's going to start 9.40 Eastern time to listen to pre-match coverage. And then the session, first session starts at 10 a.m. And if you're out of the area, the local radio stations will have it in the State College, Pennsylvania area. But if you are listening remotely out of the area, go PSU Sports is the best place to get that. And Jeff, you do it solo. 
uh, from start to finish for, like you said, 12 hours. So I'm eager to listen to your call. And what I do is I sync up. So I watch it on TV with the stream and then sync up your call to it. So that's the, that's the only way to listen to it. Jeff, I, I really appreciate the time. Safe travels out to Michigan, safe travels back, uh, and excited for our next conversation to preview all those, all nine of them, uh, maybe even 10 to get to the national championships as well. Yep, look forward to it. Thank you very much, Zach. Appreciate it.